This is Revisiting Haven. Hey, Havenites. This is Amy J. And with me as always on this show. Hi there. This is Amy S. The other Amy. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Let us rejoice for Haven is back. Amy, we actually have real new episodes to talk about. We have. This is weird. This is totally weird, guys. So today's episode is a special one in the sense that we are going to talk about episodes 514 and 515 together um, on the website. They are two separate posts, but it's the same podcast that you'll hear for both episodes. And so um, just because of time and life, we're going to do that. But before we get into it, here is some news, but it won't be long. Yeah, just we're going to hit a couple highlights and then we're going to include extra news in our post. Um, so look there for links and whatnot. Um, I think we all know that our cast has been doing interviews to promote the season, so we'll link up to those, some fun interviews. Emily and Adam did one. Lucas did one. Um, Eric's has been rescheduled, so as soon as it's done, we'll get it posted. Um, even some of our producers and uh, showrunners have been interviewed, so we'll link up a couple of those. Um, we Real had quick, mentioned- before, before you keep going, uh, the one interview that we'll, we'll have on the page by um, TV Insider, I believe, uh, by Lloyd Sagan. Yes. Uh, that interview is a really good read. You guys should definitely read it. Uh, I retweeted it, um, but it'll be on the post. You can, you, you can check it out. I liked it, so that's why I'm mentioning it. Yeah, Amy and I had both tweeted that out, and it is TV Insider interviewing um, Lloyd Segan, who's Pillar Sagan Shepherd, who's one of our you know executive producers of the show. Um, so we will link up to some of those interviews. Um, I did want to follow up. We had mentioned Eric Balfour was filming a new movie, but we didn't have the title. It's called Burn. Um, if you want to look into that, of course, IMDb is a, a good resource. Um, and exciting news, the, the TV movie that Lucas and Emily were filming over the summer that is called Secret Summer is going to air December 28th on Pixel. Uh, that is a pay-per-view type channel, but we'll link up the info. That movie will most likely also end up on free TV later on Hallmark or Up Channel, so I'll keep an eye on that for everyone. And... Just a reminder to check out sci-fi.com slash haven. There's lots of fun stuff on there, lots of photos, uh, summaries of all the troubles. There's the Inside Haven uh, interviews with the cast and crew that are continuing throughout Season 5B. So thank you, everyone at Haven, for including those. Those are awesome. Um, and lastly, uh, we got news that uh, one of our hashtags for this season is just Haven after all. We were told to hashtag with Save Haven, but now we've also been informed to just use Haven as well. Yeah, and it's probably easier for you guys with the, with the character count to just use hashtag Haven. So right. no five, no save. I mean, you can still use them if you want, but the main hashtag is going to go back old school to Haven. There you go. So how exciting is all of this? Um, I just double episode. Uh, I'm psyched. <laughs> it's back. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. It was... Um... How long have we all waited? You know, we've all waited forever to Haven to come back. It was a long hiatus, um, but we got through it as we knew we would. And here we are. It's back. Not only is it back, guys. Um, so it was a double episode. The first one, 514 New World Order, was written by Brian Milliken and uh, Nick Parker. Yes. The second episode, 515, was written by Adam Higgs. Right. Um, I think both were very strong episodes. I was telling uh, another Haven fan earlier you know, after 10 months uh-huh. of the show being on hiatus, you always wonder, like, what is it I'm coming back to? Is it going to be Haven as I knew it? And, you know, even with all the writers and the um, 
cast and crew and their predictions of the season, I was a little worried. I got to admit, I was a little okay. concerned that, you know, hey, what episode are we going to be really getting? Well, I have to say, Amy, tagging on to that, I think that what we had been told by the cast and crew and our writers, and um, we can link up those interviews in our show notes as well, Amy, is that it is a whole different Haven. It's totally different. We're going to see things we've never seen. Haven's getting out of the town of Haven. Um, and man, that really hit true to me after watching these two episodes. Um, just the look and the feel of the episodes, it was like rush, rush, chaotic. Everything was urgent. It was a sense of panic. It was out of control. Definitely. And, and But I think we can both say that I know I can say it. I think Amy can say it. We should not have worried. We should not have been concerned. Haven was back, and uh, Brian and Nick did an amazing job with 514. Oh, yeah. I have had nothing but anticipation and excitement for Haven to come back on. Um, I don't worry about what happens in Haven. I just love it and enjoy it, and I'm always excited to watch it. Um, of course, I am emotionally connected to Naudry, though, but I'm I'm comfortable with them that they're going to be okay. I'm not worried about it. Um well, but, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, okay. So let's talk about, um, five fourteen, guys. Most of the thoughts, um, we normally record, we're going to record this season, uh, probably over the weekend and then have the podcast episode added to my review post on Monday, but the reviews will typically be on Fridays or Saturdays. So you'll see, uh, the review we put together and this podcast will be on there. Um, a lot happened. A lot well, happened. I mean, I, normally it takes me about an hour or 15 to do a recap because of the okay. quotes. Uh -huh. There was a lot of exposition in this episode. Yes, there was. Right? Yeah. Well, but it was understood and necessary. It's this, you know, season opener. So, But that's the thing, right? We had so much exposition because um, if you've ever read any of my blog posts, it's usually uh, my thoughts, then random notes, then quotes. This season, I have to add a new section and we're going to call them Revelations. Oh my gosh, the barn, the rings, Aether, Charlotte's role, is there a cure, um, the Colorado kid who, and his murderer, talk about revelations. Right? I mean, now, here we are in the final season and answers are coming left and right. Don't close your eyes, don't step away, uh, because you're going to miss something. Right. I mean, okay, so we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're just so excited about this, but overall, you know, we had, um, let's talk about some of the big things. Okay. Nathan and Audrey first, because that's the most fun, and I know you appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are more strongly connected and working together than we have ever seen. Um, they're very strongly united. Um, I think they always kind of have been strongly united, but we're actually seeing it almost in every single scene. Um, they're working together as a unit, all on the same page. Um, you know, their love for each other is so evident I mean, let's, let's also talk about 515, because I think both of them with Nathan and Audrey kind of work together. They are a normal couple. Yes. I mean, did, did, the writers didn't throw it in our face. The writers made it very fluid, very appropriate. I, I just yes. enjoyed that. I enjoyed that it was so natural. Yeah, I was going to say organic, so same thing. That's a good and one. You know, they did just, they were just reunited at uh, episode 513. Um, and, we, you know, Mara's gone for good. And Audrey's kind of, remember Audrey was sick. She's not sick anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and Nathan was afraid he was going to lose her. And then we 
found out that Charlotte kept Audrey. She didn't keep Mara. So they have just been reunited. And it's been a long time since it's been 100% Audrey and Nathan together. And I think, you know, they're relieved and they're happy and they're loving each other. Um, you know, they have each other and their love. And I don't want to sound corny, but that's all they need. It was it was great. I loved how it was portrayed. What's weird for me is, and you'll see it more so in 515, was Audrey and Nathan kind of not being front and center. Okay. And in that sense, I mean, um, you know, they weren't the decision makers of sorts. That was Dwight. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But that they were, you know, they were still doing all they can, being all they are to help Haven, whether it mm -hmm. was Nathan taking a suicide mission to fix the power plant or Audrey yeah. trying to make sure calm was maintained and, and trying to figure out the darkness trouble, you know? Yes. Um, I think, go ahead. Yeah. I think Nathan's leadership skills and his devotion to the town really came through. I mean, when he was assigned a trouble alley, he, he, he jumped at the opportunities like I'll do it. You know, it's my mission. Um, even when Dwight dropped the chief's badge, Nathan said to him, is that an order? I mean, Nathan was still following the protocol and the chain of command. Um, well, I yeah, think, he, I think, I think it's that, you know, and it was a testament that Dwight didn't really ask Nathan mm -hmm. to go down on that mission, but Hey, I know how you are. I, he recognizes who Nathan is and who Audrey is and their ability to handle troubles. Exactly. Um, and it respects that and, and uses mm -hmm. that almost like they are his tools. Um, but I, I, at the same time, think there need to be more people who can handle troubles. Well, that's true because now everybody's troubled, but now the town knows about the troubles. Um, so that was huge, Amy. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Dwight. Let's talk about Dwight, the guard. Um, cause that through these two episodes, you see a difference from the previous seasons. Yeah. Previously, the guard was not as open as they are now. Mm -hmm. You know, at first I thought the revelation from Dwight and Nathan who discussed it. Right. And then made the decision, Hey, let's tell the police. Absolutely. Nathan was involved in making that decision with Dwight. They both yeah, came to that conclusion. It was a good thing. Cool. Yes. All right. And then, um, Dwight's like, Hey, this isn't working. We need the guard. Right. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm, I... Yeah. He just, he stood in the HPD and he, he, they had that announcement, attention citizens of Haven and, and Dwight took the microphone and he, I think your word, Amy, unilaterally made that decision and that announcement without consulting anyone. Right. Right. And I'm not saying it wasn't the right decision. I'm now just this, saying, it, just, to just to clarify, Amy, we're talking about when he announced to the whole town about uh, yes. That the town is troubled and explain the troubles to the whole town and he dissolved the H Haven uh, PD. Yes. I'm not, we're not saying that we don't think it was the right decision. Maybe it was, and it probably was, especially given uh, what's happening. I'm just, you know, when you start, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope that you see in 515 uh -huh. when Dwight decides to quote unquote banish the thief. Yeah, well, I kind of also wondered, you know, if Dwight would have had a better handle on things if he didn't need to disband the police department, but desperate times call for des desperate measures. Um, yeah, and how he handled the thief and Audrey's reaction and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's going off on martial law or something, right? That's actually a, a great description, very apt. Um, like I said, it may have been the right decision, especially given how some of the officers, despite being told of everything, besides despite being educated, Hey, do not pull your gun. Do not read Miranda rights. 
talk to them, um, mm-hmm. still are idiots, and actually fired the gun. You know, yeah, and, and so yes. maybe it was the right decision. Maybe the guard is more capable, but you know, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. But again, you know, things have never been this way in Haven in the, you know, in the, since time began, if, if we can say that. Um, you know, Haven's never had every single person is troubled or could be troubled. Um, they're locked in the town. They're without power in the second episode. Um, so in some sense, you know, you can see why they might need the guard. Yeah. And, and you know, you have a, a concentrated portion of people that understand now, right. speaking of the guard, let's let's go to let's go to the fact that Haven is now separated from the rest of the world. Well, that is because of the fog that is um, encasing the town, right? Yes. So to be clear, um, from what Vince, Dave, Audrey, and Nathan have con- concluded, um, the the killer forced Joe Senna to create a fog that has prevented anyone from leaving or entering Haven. Right. Right. And then he went, the killer went and killed Joe Senna for that after getting what he needed. Right. And so now nobody can leave, nobody can enter. Right. And that fog is a new trouble that Duke gave the guy. Um, And Duke was immune to it because, you know, Duke could leave Haven through the fog because he was immune to it. And Duke was immune to it because it was a trouble that came out of him. So. um, I hope you didn't hear that. Sorry, guys. No, we're good, Amy. (laughs) Um, <laughs> all the interviews so, I do, so that's when an killer, alarm goes off. So now we've got a killer in Haven who's trapped them all in there. Um, we know somebody, uh, that one gentleman died and we had his body in the school, right? Right. And then apparently two others. So there were yes, three total, three, right? three total um, serial killer deaths, inc- not including Joe Senna and not including the Colorado kid. Okay. Right. I think that's where we're at. Right. And that this killer is in the school. I think so too. And if this killer is responsible, excuse me, responsible for the death of the Colorado kid is we kind of came out in this episode or that was my interpretation. So this person has been around for at least 27 years, right? Or by now it might've been 28 years ago that we saw the Colorado kid. Um, If we are to assume that it is the same person yeah, it's Haven. We don't know, right? Yeah, I mean, it could yeah. Be, there could be any explanation. That's a good point, Amy. I mean, but, but... Go ahead. But it's so interesting. We've got Dave tied into the Croatoan again and maybe the killer. And, and, you know, Dave mentioned again how when he woke up on the beach back in 1983 next to the Colorado kid, the Colorado kid was dead and Dave had thought he had killed him. Um, so is it this serial killer who killed the Colorado kid? Do they call him the maskless killer or the, uh, no marks killer? Which no marks. I really marks. wish they'd pick better names, but um, <laughs> it's not easy, I guess, naming but things. But that's kind of the, part of his, uh, you know, no marks. And how can you investigate or identify who the killer is if he doesn't leave any marks? There's no evidence, right? Well, there's an mo. Yes, that's true. Yeah. There's an mo, um, but it, it's interesting that this shroud has now come. The killer has apparently made it so that it's there. And, you know, if, if, if you were unclear, there's their inside Haven videos and the fun facts are back on sci-fi.com. Right. And you guys should check that out because one of the things that Brian Milligan puts in the fun facts for power is that the, I'm going to read it for you guys. Cause I think it's important. The most important aspect of the shroud around Haven was hinted at in the final scene of season five, episode 14, 
and is confirmed by Duke in this episode that the Shroud has also erased Haven from the outside world. No one remembers it. No map shows it. Only Duke is immune because it was a trouble that came from him that created it. Right. So, so at this, this point, go ahead. I'm at this point and where we are in the season, I'm going to take that to mean that Haven is only not known to the outside world because of this fog. I think, I think that's, that's safe to say. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. And so that's another reason to get this. And that also may lead to Dwight's comment about how it may be a blessing to have Mm -hmm. the shroud to contain this craziness. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's true. But now we know when uh, the power episode started, it had been two weeks um, between the New World Order episode, and that fog is still in the town. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a trouble that the, our trouble sol- solvers couldn't solve it over a course of two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, know- but they never had someone die in the trouble stick around. Exactly. There's an explanation for it. You took the words right out of my mouth. But that also just shows how it's so out of control and it's a whole new haven and things are so different. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, but it also brings a question that you and I had talked about. What about those who are troubled outside of Haven? Because um, remember, the Guard had a network all across the U.S., maybe mm-hmm. the world. Um, what about those troubled people? You mean if they wanted to go to Haven as their haven right now? Mm-hmm. Or do they also not remember being troubled? Did something mm-hmm. happen to them? Yeah. Is their memory wiped or are they no longer troubled or did they also lose their savings? Cause they probably had money in Haven. <laughs> Listen, Duke lost $400,000. Okay. That sucks. And I'm going to assume Duke was so wealthy because he's so successful in his smuggling business. I think so. <laughs> I think that's safe to say, but that's, that's some I'm crazy jealous stuff. of that bank account, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, um, say what he has, how much? $400,000. Jeez. Because Wait. wasn't he going to give Hallie like 30000 Yeah, and he didn't even blink. He was like, you can have it. We're gonna, that was we're very gonna... generous. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and so before, before we talk about Duke, though, I want to talk really quickly about uh, a scene in 514. Okay. It was the scene where Alex was discovered by his, by his people to have been the one freezing. Okay, so towards the beginning of the episode, um, when so the Nathan... Mid, kind of mid-beginning, yeah. okay, mid-beginning, sorry. when sorry. Duke, um, when Duke was with them. Yeah. When Duke takes, Nathan takes Duke out to the scene of the, the trouble. That was the scene where the officer called into HPD. That was his last known location. Yeah. And his friend, his, who I'm going to assume is his friend, his coworker, at least. Okay. The very least said, get back. He's one of them. Exactly. And that was such, uh, for me, that was a very difficult and yet powerful scene to watch. Uh-huh. Because of what it reflected, it's okay. it reflects hate. It reflects, you know, um, in so many ways and so many things. Especially as a comic book reader, um, you know, the things that people face for racism or, uh, you know, stereotyping, stereo- discrimination, just everything, discrimination yeah. on the biggest level. Um, hate. It was hate, mm-hmm. and this was trouble hating. And you know, to see it depicted, to see people you knew you know, turn their backs against you mm-hmm. when they discover something's different about you. Right. And that is very frequently based in fear and fear is very frequently based in a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we saw that in that officer who said to Alex, you know, you're one of them, stay away, stay back. Yep. And, and yeah. the fact that, um, I think whatever Nathan was doing and talking to people worked because, you know, that same officer was 
giving Alex, I guess, guess water afterwards. Okay. I think I saw that. Um, okay. I don't, but, I don't remember that, but okay. Well, I, I'd like to think that if, if it wasn't true, don't tell me. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a reflection of the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are parts of this that are still happening today, guys. And, you know, it's, it's an ugly thing and hopefully it's something you guys will stand up to and yeah. can easily happen again. So just something re really depressing to say before we talk about one of the most important things that happened in Haven uh, in the double episode. Okay. Duke. What do you want? Duke. You, you got to talk about Duke. Well, oh my gosh. His guilt, his morose, morose, pardon me, I can't pronounce that word. Um, you know, his sense of responsibility. I just need to run away from this and get away from it. I caused all this. I'm not doing any good here. Um, but, you know, Audrey and Nathan tried to keep him there. They told him they still needed him. Uh, um, Audrey has always been a very big supporter of Duke. Um, she's always believed in him. And we saw that again. I saw that in several scenes with Duke that in 514. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where... You know, not only has the Duke Audrey relationship, um, and I felt Audrey there, was hurt. I think so. I mean, the yeah. the, the line where he was saying, um, you know, what was he say? I was going to skip town, go through it, then into into the void, and she was like, "What? Why?" Well, yeah, and he says to leave Dwight and leave Nathan and leave you, and <laughs> she's like, "Oh, yeah." I saw. I I felt when Duke and Audrey were talking in the hospital when Duke. Uh, suddenly feels better and stands up from the wheelchair. I felt the hurt from Audrey that Duke was going to leave. And then when he actually does leave right before she tries to tell him not to go through the fog, I felt the hurt. I think she was hurt. Um, and I also enjoyed uh, Nathan's hug when he, when uh, Duke was alive and okay. You know, Nathan does love him. He gave him that huge hug. I mean, come on. I mean, let's, was... let's, let's look at their relationship real quick from beginning to end. You couldn't yeah. have paid them to hug each other in exactly. the first episode. Exactly. And, and now here is Nathan throwing himself at Duke to hug him, but also throwing himself into a mysterious fog they know nothing about that could have injured him. Yeah, when Nathan just ran after him without even thinking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, Nathan, that, yeah, I mean, come on, Nathan, they, oh, I can't it was talk. very, It was very uh, poignant <laughs> to me uh, for, their, for the episode. Yeah, it was, um, and the fact that, you know, Nathan and Audrey didn't blame Duke for all this, you know, Duke blames himself. And, you know, he is responsible, yes. That is a valid point. But Nathan and Audrey weren't holding him to the carpet on it. They're like, stay, help us. We still need you. We can work on this. We can make it better. And, you know, Duke just wanted to get away from it and run away from it and go through with his initial plan, which was to leave Haven by going through the thinny. Um, well, keep in mind, his original plan was to go through the thinny and explode there. Sacrifice himself. Sacrifice himself. Exactly. Right. And yeah. so now it's more he's running away to avoid causing further problems. Yeah, and, and we should just go back a little bit here, Amy, and he's responsible for all this because, you know, he was in bed with Mara, literally and figuratively, and she did all this to him. Um, now, he was under certain situations of vulnerabilities and duress. He was and manipulated. And, yeah, and he was manipulated by Mara. Mara is an expert manipulator. That was one of her skills. Um, but I, I was I was... You know, I feel for Duke. It was not a, I don't even know, you know, what's going to happen to him now that he's on the other side. And he still has his immunity, but what else does he have? What else did Mara do to him that we don't know about? I mean, um, yeah. the guilt is weighing in on him. He's trying to go legit, which, you know, kudos to you for that. 
and he's trying to do the right thing. And he tries to avoid interacting with troubles, as you saw with him talking to his friend's daughter. Right. You know, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, he ended up activating her trouble. Well, he had to save her, right? Um, Because he's a good guy. Well, he wasn't going to let her die. Come on. He's Um, a good guy. Exactly. But, but you can see his hesitance to acknowledge that because again, he just says, I'm a smuggler. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all. all And that's all I am. I was fooled to think otherwise kind of thing. And, and, you know, seeing Duke go through that, the emotions, I can't imagine having that, you know, talking earlier, um, we offline, we had discussed, you know, Audrey and her reaction with Mara and the troubles mm-hmm. and her responsibility for it. And now right. we look at Duke. Yeah. And he has the weight of the world on him. Yeah. And like, um, I think Duke is at fault. And like I said, there's lots of reasons we understand why he fell under Mara's spell and whatnot. Um, so I'm glad to see him recognize that, but it is sad that he didn't want to stay and work with Nathan and Audrey and help to resolve the situation, you know? But I think there was a reason for that. I think he was yeah. afraid it would get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the look at the situation with Alex. You're he, absolutely right, Amy. That's why he left. He said, "You know, everything I do in this town hurts somebody." And you know, you're absolutely right. Um, and, he said um, that Haven will never be the same, and I'm the one to blame for that. Everything I do in this town hurts someone. Yeah, it, and it's not easy. And I can understand. Um, running away or, or, or walking away, but let's, let's be honest, it was running away and kind of hoping things will get better because you don't mm-hmm. want to keep touching things and breaking things. Right. Um, but at some point, what do you do? Can, I mean, can he, can he even come back in? Yes, because he's the only one who's immune to that fog. Can, is he going to bring Hallie back? Is she immune to it? This is so interesting. What's going to happen? I guess we'll find out. But yeah. the last thing I want to talk about um, for this double episode, though, we got to talk about the revelations. And then we have to talk about Charlotte, too. All right, let's talk about Charlotte first, because she okay. gave I don't, half the revelations. I don't trust her. I'm sorry. I do not trust her. Um, what is she up to? You know, she can't cure the troubles. She doesn't know. Then she tells Nathan that you got to get the aether to cure the troubles. Um, What's her mission? She just seemed to want to go back home, get through the void. She seems like she was really keen on taking Audrey with her. I didn't see it as just motherly love because I just don't trust her. Um, I don't know if I'd say I don't trust her. Um, I would say, okay, I admit we should be suspicious of her. Okay. Given what we now know. But I also think that of anyone, she would work hard to try and figure out how to fix things because she herself is stuck until the fog is lifted and the thinnies can be opened. Yeah. Okay. And I'm also wondering, um, is she somehow responsible for creating the troubles in some way, shape or form? Or do you think not? No, because weren't the the troubles were created by Mara and William. I know, but somehow I just think that Charlotte has culpability in it, but maybe that's me trying to dig too deep and I I, I don't think just... she has I think if anything the culpability is the fact that she may have pushed uh yes. Well, cause yeah. Yeah. Do you remember in season was it four? No, five. First half of five and Nathan was asking 
why? Why the troubles? Yeah. And she was like, why do you carry a gun? Yeah, well, she made it sound like it was to protect herself. And then Mara also said the troubles were for fun. Um, but yeah, well, well Mara kind of created the troubles because of her emotional issues over her father, right? And But was uh, it to protect her from her mom? Well, see, that's, see, that's a good point. I, I'm not really sure. And that's why I think Charlotte does have some culpability here somehow. Right. I'm um, just saying it's not direct. She may have pushed Mara and William into creating them. Uh-huh. Um, but that being said, everything we knew about the troubles and how to end them. I mean, I, I guess on one the hand, barn. I can't the be. Barn, which Charlotte I, created the barn. She created the barn. She, I mean, okay. If you guys... It was in 514 that all these revelations came out, the biggest of which was, you know, the whole fact that, you know, you built the barn. It was Mara's prison and it was going to clean up all of her mess. Right. The barn was going to cure everyone's troubles if I killed Nathan, the person that I love. That's right. how it was supposed to work, right? And exactly. Charlotte's like, oh, yeah, this is awkward. No. <laughs> Sorry. We literally mend and the troubles and your life. Yeah. It, not, not cure and everybody lives happily ever after. Right. Which is how everybody else interpreted it, including us. Right. 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 Those wordsmith off writers. They're such and, wordsmiths. And Nathan and Audrey, you know, showed their, uh, anger about that to say the least. Um, yeah. Can you believe all that? So poor Audrey, I mean, she's trying to decide she's going to have a relationship with this woman as her mother. And then every around the corner, everything her mother does, you know, isn't, isn't conducive to building a relationship with her. Everything her mother tells her every new reveal, you know, it's not working. Well, um, right now it seems like they're on, they're on an uptick in the sense that, you know, that hug, um, what, yeah. what I, I got to give it to Charlotte. Hey, you did approach your daughter when you were with the man she loves and kind of, left him there wherever he is. You didn't try to find him and bring him back. He just kind of came back. That's awkward. Um, yeah, but, but you that hugged her. Little, yeah, that was interesting. But, but talking about another reveal in the barn and ending the troubles and whatnot, we learned about the rings and that you used the two rings to go back to the other side. Yes. Um, so the rings were used to go through the void without becoming lost in it, which mm -hmm. side note, William was thrown into the void. He didn't wear a ring. Awkward. Don't Actually, did he? Stop. Do we know if William had a ring on? No. Well, Charlotte said there's only three rings. Hers, Audrey's, and the one that Nathan wears around his neck. Which that was... she knows of. Yeah. Well, that's true, Amy, that we know of or that Charlotte knows of? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see about that. But yeah, so that the, we learned about the rings. We learned that we were all wrong about killing the man you love or woman you love to cure the troubles. Killing Doesn't the happen. you love. Doesn't work. The Colorado Kid Killer is back and loose in Haven. Right. Uh, Duke is immune to the troubles he's given. Audrey and Charlotte are not immune to troubles Duke is given. Right. And Charlotte's in fear of these troubles. This is a new experience for her. Well, um, she, yeah, she's not used to not yeah. being immune. Yeah. But, uh, but which raises a point. So does that, do you think that we're only going to be facing new troubles now? Or are we going to see, I think we're going to see both new ones and the uh, emergence of old ones. But that also brings up the point, how does Audrey or Charlotte know which one's an old and which one's new, right? You got to be safe. You would probably just treat everything as a new trouble. Okay. And so how do you know which ones you're going to be immune to and you're not going to be immune to if you don't know if it's an existing or a new trouble? If it's a Duke-created trouble, you're not immune. 
if it's a trouble prior to Duke blowing off his trouble bomb, you are immune. Right. But how, again, how do you know? There's no like stamp on your head that says you're safe. You're not safe. I think you would just try and be cautious and assume everything is uh, a Duke kind of trouble. Right. Right. Good point. It does affect how, um, it does affect how you go forth with dealing with these, the troubled folks from now on. Yeah. And the, the other thing we learned in 514 is that the thinnies are closed. Well, Charlotte closed them, right? But she can't open them. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think it's because of the fog. Right. And, and so that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and I'm like, I'm kind of curious how to see how this Audrey Charlotte relationship plays out. Like I said, I don't, I'm not, uh, real comfortable with what her intentions are. I don't feel that I know her intentions. Oh. And while I see some of her actions are kind of motherly love towards Audrey, um, at the end of the day, I'm just not pretty I'm sure not we sure can count her. that to your protective nature of Audrey. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we can say that. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how that one plays out. Right. But, uh, we did have some revelations in, um, five fifteen. Uh huh. Right. That the rings, belonged originally the ones the rings we've seen have originally belonged to mara charlotte and charlotte's husband right who is mara's father and uh, and that's that's the ring nathan wears yes and that dave jennifer and james are halflings yes this word halflings and not from lord of the rings guys (laughs) that's where i heard it from first So Dave's story is getting, well, we're learning more about it. We're getting more revelations about Dave and, you know, his visions of, of the void. And, um, yeah, so he finds out he's a halfling and so is James. Um, so what, what do you think? I, I don't know. He is from the other side, so I guess he's called a halfling, right? But they also seem to have, um, certain, certain abilities, like these mm-hmm. visions, and, yeah. and Mara did, uh, no, Mara, Charlotte did just say, you know, that not a lot is known. So who knows what else they can do? They can yeah, see Dave, things. Right. Dave's had these visions and he's been able to, you know, go to the scene and see it happen. Right. Remember like when he found the, the end of last season, the Croatoan and writing on the rock and things like that. Yeah. Right. And then and Jennifer saw the um, harbinger. Right. And that's why they needed to induce his visions again, because they needed his help to learn more about the Croatoan and what was going on. And isn't that how they found, um, the troubled father in the first episode. Um, and now I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Troubled father in the first episode. Remember they, um, didn't, did they use, uh, Dave's recollections to find the, oh, the yeah. Josina? Yeah. Um, but his visions. Yeah. He yeah. was able to pinpoint, which, you know, that's really, that's talent. Um, and the, uh, the other thing we learned was that Aether is step one to solving the troubles. Do you think, yeah, so that's why Charlotte, um, and well, that's why, um, Nathan went after the Aether because Charlotte told him you need that to solve the troubles. Yes. But you know, Mara was always on a mission for Aether too. So is that just because Aether's connected with the other side and Mara was from the other side as is Charlotte? I thought Mara wanted to use the Aether to, um, not only create troubles, but to open the thinnies and, Mm -hmm. you know, do her thing with that. Who knows what Mara was trying to do, but, um. Yeah, she was looking forward too. So it'll be interesting to see. So Aether, up to this point, you know, Mara was only going to use it for bad things more or less. And it sounds like Charlotte says it can be used to cure the trouble. So that would be a good thing. So um, I guess we'll find out. 
And what about how um, uh, new uh, power ended with, um, you know, Nathan went down after the Aether, and it sounds like he obtained it, right? He went into the dark shaft, the mine shaft, and got the Aether. Well, no, no, no. So we saw that he, he says that their Aether is down there. We don't know what happened after that. Okay, well, that's what I was touching on. We kind of have set up what's going to happen next episode. I mean, that was a little weird when Nathan came back. Okay, well, first of all, let's talk about Audrey's devastation when she thought for a minute there he was dead. Um, thanks for making me cry, Audrey. And then um, when Nathan came back, though, the first thing he said was, I need to meet with Dwight. I need to talk to Dwight. Um, yeah, okay. So Nathan is missing over overnight, right? He wasn't with Charlotte. and He wasn't with Dave. He was with Kira. And he returns, no sign of Kira. And right. the first thing he says when asked by Kira's fiance, um, you know, where is she is in a minute, I need to talk to Dwight. Right. That seems odd. That was a little weird. And because the second sentence he said was, she's dead. Right. Really? Nathan? Do you think she's really, do you think she's really dead? I think there's more to the story than, than said. No, I don't think she's dead, but I think there is more to the story than, uh, what you know, is Nathan being may, shown? Nathan may have said to the fiance, she's dead because something else is going on with her and he can't announce it in front of the whole school, town that's gathered in the school and increase the level of panic even higher. And that may be why he needed to meet with Dwight to explain what's going on. I mean, I really don't. I'm just I'm theorizing, obviously. Yeah, um, it's spe I, I'm speculation wondering. I'm with you there because, um, right, her story about how the shout is actually a blessing, otherwise she'd be in Venice. And she likes it here better. Really? You have a fiance, you were going to go to Venice and you like it here better? <laughs> Suspect. Yeah. yeah, so I'm a little leery of what's going on with that whole thing. And, um, you know, if, I don't know. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it in the next episode, which yeah, is. Exactly. Um, yeah. Before we talk about the next, anything about the next episode, side notes, we are so happy to have Gloria back on our screen. Oh, Missed her. Stan, Stan is back on the screen. Okay. Uh, Glenn, Shout out left check. to Stan, who didn't know about the troubles, but later on in the episode uh, was volunteered right away to go out and help his troubled uh, officer friends who were dealing with the gravity trouble. Yeah. So Stan went from I don't know about it to I'm out there to save my friends. We love you, Officer Stan. Definitely, definitely. And so they are back. Some of our favorite characters are there. Um, you guys, tune in Thursdays, you know, Yes, it's the last season. No, we don't know what may happen afterwards. May, it may live on in another form or some other way, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But, you know, right. that's not going to happen unless you're tuning in. So get your friends, have them catch up on Netflix, watch the episodes live, download, subscribe to, on iTunes, whatever you got to do. Um, right. Next week, we will be talking about the trial of Nathan Warnos. Right. Which is a, doesn't it seem like a parallel to season uh, the trial of one. Audrey Parker in season one. Very yes. parallel kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And um, hopefully Amy and I are, are working on, on a nice surprise for that episode. So hopefully we'll be able to share that with you. We won't, won't say too much. So yeah, except that hopefully it'll work out. Yeah. So yeah, like, like you just said, Amy Haven is back. Let's enjoy it. It's so much fun to have it back and the excitement and getting all the little video clips and snippets that come out about what's going to be going on and talking to everybody on Twitter and live tweeting. I mean, it's here, it's fun. Let's, you know, it's awesome to be enjoying it again. Absolutely. So get your sleep, watch the show and enjoy till next time guys. Peace.
This is Revisiting Haven.